And there's one for you. So I got a call this morning about 8 o'clock, and I made the mistake of answering it. It was Dr. Bill Griffin. Do any of you know Dr. Griffin? Okay. Um, he was scheduled to do this presentation. His flight will land about 4. Okay. I have uh, I've sat in on it twice, so I'm the nearest thing to, <laughs> to an expert to be able to present the information. But unfortunately, we've got Doug Lindbergh here. Doug is, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, sure. Doug? Uh, I'm, I'm also with CMDA. I work as the director for the Center for Advancing Healthcare Missions. Um, and I, too, have had the privilege of hearing Griff give, give the talk and um, have, have uh, taken part in, in seeing a, a number of the, of, the, of the sessions. And so, um, yeah, I'm also a family physician. I, I work in Milwaukee, and my wife and I spent four years in Nepal as well. So happy to be back here at GMHC and um, glad to thin in for Griff and share some of this material. And I will say a lot of this, it kind of speaks for itself. So yes. we're kind of conduits for, um, for the material and to guide some discussion here and for you guys to just get a a sample of it, so Griff or no Griff, you'll still hear the end product of the team's effort, so it'll be, it'll be fun. Absolutely, and Griff gave us the script, so ultimately the... The Griff script. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's all credit to God and to Griff, secondly, so. <laughs> so my name is Mick Williams. I'm the Chief Information Officer for CMDA, and uh, thankfully I think all the technology's working so far, so that's good. We're going to talk about Faith Rx. Has anybody ever heard of Faith Prescriptions before? Okay. Have any of you had an opportunity to go through any of the sessions, maybe? No? Okay, well, good. We'll give you an opportunity kind of, we're going to give you some uh, snippets from several of them, and you're going to actually get a chance to give us feedback on it. And as much as possible, we'd like this to be interactive. All right. So, um, also, a uh, shameless plug to come by and see us in the CMBA booths. We've got, I think, yeah, we've booths? Got coffee. Yeah, we've got coffee. We've got about, what, 12 booths? Yep. Something like that. Ten booths. Ten booths. Yeah, so come see us um, anytime after we're done here. So, Faith Rx, what is it? It is a um, series of uh, small group sessions that have been put together for you to be able to share your faith with your patients, okay? Um, Griff was actually in one of the earlier versions. This is the third generation of um, this type of series. It was previously called Saline Solution and then later called Grace Prescriptions, and we now have what we call Faith Prescriptions. So it's been through, uh, this is now the third generation. Griff himself was in um, the very first saline solution kind of big group, much like this, 180 people in 1995, okay? And we have a picture of that, which we'll share with you um, here in a minute. Uh, we're going to go through and look at current and some of the future episodes that are available. We're going to do some bite-sized samples, talk a little bit about how you can start a group, either locally or you can do it uh, remotely. Uh, we've got three recommendations, and then clearly we'll have opportunity for questions and comments, okay? So we, uh, again, we want this to be interactive. So we mentioned the first two, our first two versions were Saline Solution and Grace Prescriptions. Um, those were, uh, the original ones were established by Dr. Laramore, 
who's a medical doctor, and Dr. Peel, who's a doctor of theology. And they got together. Um, I, I've watched some of the intro where uh, Dr. Laramore says, I used to think of myself as being a doctor who was a Christian. He said, as I got into this more, I really realized that I am a Christian who just also happens to be a doctor. Okay? Uh, and he's taken that approach, and that's the approach of the others, I think, that, are, that we see in these videos. Um, Have any of you guys done either of those? Saline or Grace? Yeah. Okay, which one? Grace. Grace. Okay. I did saline solution back in med school, and, um, yeah, we did it with our CMDA chapter. It was fantastic. I mean, it, it really catalyzed some, some good discussion and um, gave us some language and shared language to... Um, to to utilize and encouraging each other to, to share our faith and, um, and, and 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 bring our whole selves to work, you know, and and be um, be a be a, a spiritual resource for our parent for our, for our patients and for our colleagues as well. So. And Griff likes to say it this way: he says, think back to a time when you first came to faith in Christ, or maybe a time in your life when your faith deepened considerably like you were asked to do a presentation on short notice, for example. Um, maybe some other sort of trauma in your life. And uh, there were t- two likely ingredients. There was a trauma, and there were Christ followers who kind of helped show you um, love in the midst of that pain. Um, and he uses examples of Paul and Ananias uh, and others. And he says, um, you know, we have, as, as healthcare professionals, a unique opportunity when people are in those situations, when they're vulnerable, when they're, particularly when there are concerns for even our mortality, people are going to look for, you know, a greater need and greater good. And those are opportunities when we recognize, as humans, we recognize it's not all about us. And it's not something that we can take care of ourselves. And when we're in those opportunities, when we're in those points of vulnerability, uh, as healthcare professionals, we have a unique opportunity to be able to speak into people, and they're willing and they're able and they're they're willing to listen to that. So. I think another piece there is that um, we recognize that there are that this is swimming upstream, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, both in terms of just the very real time demands that are that that exist, and um, as health, as busy healthcare professionals that um, can can make this a challenge. Um, and, and also some of the cultural influence and, and pressures that can, that can make this hard. And so this gives you tools to, um, to help overcome some of that and to help um, kind of un- unpack some of the fear, um, unpack some of the obstacles, and, and think of ways to overcome those uh, in order to um, be, again, Christ follower in our in our workplace and, and a light for him. So bonus points if you can figure out which one of those is Griff, you can come see me later and we'll we'll get you a discount on something in the bookstore. Free coffee. <laughs> and free free coffee. Co- free coffee. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Free <laughs> the mission of Specialties. They represent various ethnicities and personalities 
but they all have one thing in common, the passionate desire to provide truly holistic care for their patients. I can't wait for you to hear how God is using them across America to communicate the love of Christ through the care that they provide. As we seek to walk with our patients through both their physical and their spiritual challenges, as we share with them the love of Christ and word in the need, I believe the Lord will indeed confirm for us the work of our hands. So enjoy this video series. Invite others to join you in your quest to provide truly holistic care. And look forward to discovering how the Lord will use you to communicate this indescribable love to patients and colleagues in the years to come. So here's our opportunity to make it interactive. Okay, if you, um, everybody got a copy of this, I think, when you came in. So take a look at this, um, and there's actually two slides here, but let's start with the first 12. Pick one out of those 12 that you want to hear a little snippet of. All of these are typically 15, 16 minutes each, and we've got a, maybe a three-minute snippet that will show you just kind of whet your appetite about that particular area. So somebody shout out and give me one you want to, you're interested in. Number seven. Okay. When I so over the years in clinical care patients, one of the four things I think about praying with patients. First, prayer demonstrates that I care for patients in a very genuine way. The quality of Taking the time to pray and bowing before God is very humbling. We surgeons, we often need uh, to be humble. Third, praying with patients often, not always, brings peace and relief of anxiety for many of the patients that I have prayed with. What prayer, I think, also does for me, your brother Lawrence, really practicing the presence of God. And by taking the time to pray, it's taking some time to realize that God is with me. That actually practice, especially during tough times when patients are in trauma or urgent crisis, gives me peace. Last, I have found that praying with patients paves the way for future spiritual care. So Griff asked the question what makes us hesitant to pray with our patients? Why are we hesitant to pray? Fear? Um, have you had the experience? Have any of us had that experience where we've been afraid to pray? And, well, let's talk about, let's unpack that a little bit. Why are we afraid? The person's going to react negatively to us? Okay. Doug, I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you had that experience? Um, I've, I've had... Um, Single digits decline a prayer, but not in a way that was, how dare you? More just, no thanks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what about um, potential administrative fallout? Anyone experience that? Didn't happen. Right. I think to the first point, Doug's response is pretty common to what we see in the video and from others is that... Um, Occasionally, somebody will politely decline, okay? 
more often than not, you'll find folks that will allow you to pray for them. And maybe they, we've even had people say no politely and then come back later and ask for the prayer. Okay? Uh, at the very least, they know that you care for them. Because that's asking somebody if you can pray for them is truly a, an opportunity to show care. Right? And, you know, you can see here that this opens up a line of discussion like, okay, what's the on-ramp to that question? You know, how do you, how do you approach it in a way that's winsome and non-threatening? Um, where even if they're not a person of faith, they might find it, they might welcome it. Um, and and how, how do you approach it based on, you know, the circumstance and the context? You know, and um, so, uh, and, and how, do you, how do you react if they say no? You know, and how do you navigate your, your organization's policies with, with this sort of thing? And um, wh- where do you go? But, you know, the, the good thing is that we have on our side is that Jayco requires like spiritual a spiritual component to the care being provided in hospitals. Like they assess that, and so this is recognized in the United States as being an important part of providing quality care to our patients. Okay, and so you know, it again, you need to be wise and considerate in how the, how this is being offered. But this is not not only is it is it good to do from a Christian standpoint? It's recognized even from a secular and quality standpoint as being an important part of providing quality health care to human beings, you know? Um, and so we have that going for us. Another point I would make is that, you know, clearly we want to be spirit-led. So um, one of the earlier sessions talks about faith flags, okay? If somebody has raised a faith flag for you, you know you've got an opportunity to uh, speak to them. And one of those uh, faith flags I remember is the word blessing. Blessed. Okay? If, if you go in and ask a patient, how are you doing today? And somebody says, oh, I'm just, I'm blessed. Well, blessed is not a word that the secular world uses. Okay? So that's somebody raising a flag for you that you can talk a little bit more along the means of faith. So, and there are other faith flags, but that's another, actually another one of the sessions uh, we can get into. So, give me another session here. What would, I'm seeing four. But I, I saw four first. Let's do that I saw one. two fours. I saw two fours. Is that eight? We're not going to add them. <laughs> okay. Oops. I spoke too soon about technical difficulties. Jesus shows us ways to ask questions and not only physical needs of the dress possible spiritual needs. Like when he went to the pool of Bethesda and saw the paralyzed man who had been there for 38 years and asked him, Do you want to This may have seemed like an obvious question, but there was a deeper question behind that. But like the woman who had been discharged for 12 years, uh, he asked her, you know, who is it that touched him? It wasn't because he didn't know who touched him, but it's really because he wanted to bring her forward. Another example would be Mark 10.51, where Jesus asked blind audience, what is it that you want me to do? It's interesting to note that Jesus asks questions differently than we typically do. Uh, we might ask questions to gain facts or information, uh, while Jesus asks questions to provoke and cause transformation. 
So the question asked here is, how many of you are including questions regarding spiritual well-being in your health history interview? And why is it that questions regarding our patient's spiritual health can be so beneficial in the doctor-patient relationship? Thoughts? Good thought. Anybody else? Doug, anything you want to add? I, I'm interested to hear how others lead yeah. into that. That's a that's a great question. That again, non-threatening, um, non-leading, open-ended, but clearly points you in a spiritual direction and opens the door for people to go there. So, other other ways that you guys have have approached that in terms of. An, an initial foray or shot across the bow into a into a spiritual history or spiritual just just uh, um, seeking information. In our admissions assessment, we actually have a Sure. So I believe um, I think that's what uh, this one's actually about: is taking right. the spiritual history, and it, it and this one will include some of those questions in it. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll go through it. But sure, there's there's different yeah. on ramps. I mean, I like yeah. the what gives you peace. Um, are you a person of faith? Um, is there um, you know? And and again, it depends on the context too. Like. If I'm seeing someone in clinic for a sprained ankle or stuffy nose, yeah, there might be a, a, a situation there where you you delve into some spiritual topics if if you know they're you know they're, they're a family member who's not doing well or something. But that's a that's a different a, a different conversation than someone with whom you have a longer term relationship with or who's there for in, in some sort of a health crisis or there's going to be an operation. So some of it's some emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence in reading the room, right? I mean, you can't force a round, round or a square peg into a round hole on this stuff all the time. It's not. But at the same time, when when the door is open, I, I think in, in our culture the tendency is to be like, I'm not going to go there because people are not going to be comfortable. But pe- people want us to go there, you know, as their as their healthcare providers and um, and, and team, and so. Yeah, I, I think again, the the resource will will provide um, some some ideas with that, and and um, and also create a environment in which to discuss it and share ideas with one yeah, another, exactly. and then exactly. and then an environment where a week later or two weeks later you're coming back together and like how'd that work, you know, and where you can share, and so yeah. when it's consumed in community, it really 
adds to adds to the experience. Okay. You know, in my practice, well, I'm not a real rural area, but I just usually just come out and ask people. Maybe go to church or, you know, it's a smaller town, so I say, you know, what church do you go to around here? Or, you know, like Lake came in the other day, it had ADD, and I was looking for a place for him to connect, and I said, well, you know, you know, they got Bible school up here, or, you know, I just kind of throw something in there. Mm-hmm. Starting it sounds like that's going to get you to those faith flags pretty quick, right? Yeah. Then yeah. I ask them, you know, well, are you a believer or not believer? And I find that people, I used to kind of be afraid to ask those questions, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's like you said, I think people are very open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. I'm an occupational therapist in a predominantly uh, Islamic country, uh, missionary, and um, so I'll just ask them, what what would you like to see God do in this situation and stuff? Because that is a commonality that we have. One is prayer, and and the other is some faith in God. And so then uh, follow up then as I offer to pray for them. And the 23 years I've been in this country, there's only been one person that prayer. Okay, good. Thank you for sharing. Uh, all right, somebody else give me one um, out of the first 12. Number nine. Number nine. Outside the, the fact that Dr. Nuthalapathy should open, should have like a radio show because <laughs> that he's voice. got like an incredible voice. What are your thoughts on There is a question to that one. He says, uh, well, he starts with a statement. He says, excellent diagnoses and treatment is not enough to truly meet our patients' needs. Question is, how can seeing the image of God in our patients help us care for them with greater compassion? Mm-hmm. I work at a charity dental clinic, and so the patients who work at their lowest and income, uninsured, undocumented workers, and mm-hmm. I think that especially in that community, that population, they either don't feel seen don't feel loved, don't feel known, 
Mm-hmm. So we may be the first opportunity for them to feel like a normal person walking into a dental clinic um, mm-hmm. receiving treatment. Mm-hmm. And partnering with them and, and being able to ask questions to know that it's not probably not just the tooth that they won't hold. They may need more comprehensive care. They may need to just know other resources are out there. So I think it, to, to answer your question more specifically, see the image of God in them informs us to ask the deeper questions and take the time to listen to their story and not just treat them like another number to And I would venture to say that type of treatment has, can have as much or more impact than the physical treatment. I got a chance a couple months ago to go with a CMDA trip to do orphan care in Zambia. And so we spent two, two weeks essentially caring for these children that, that had, you know, really didn't have anybody else in their court. And for us to, to just be able to kind of bring them in and, and love on them first and then be able to give them medical and um, dental treatment, by the third or fourth day, some of them were repeats, and they didn't come in because they needed more treatment. They came in because they just wanted to be loved. And by the third or fourth day, we were, we were giving out hugs. didn't happen the first day, okay? But by the way they were treated, there was a definite difference in, in their outlook on just other human beings because we treated them with love and respect. Mick, I want a hug at the end of our session. (laughs) You can have one now, Doug. (laughs) Um, But can you see how this, like, is gonna is gonna um, bring about some some deeper discussions? Because as you talk about, okay, we want to we want to go through our days and see our patients as image bearers, and then you take a step back and you say, okay, well, what what can prevent us from doing that? And then, then you talk about, um, you know, the importance of rest, the importance of Sabbath, the importance of quiet time and prayer in your own devotional life, because we can't be pouring into others if God hasn't poured into us. And um, there is going to be a tendency to view, you know, your patience as a um, obstacle to getting through your day if you have not cared for yourself and if you have not allowed God to minister to your own heart. And so um, that. This, these sessions allow you to kind of get into that sort of thing with, with your colleagues and have those sorts of, sorts of talks and, and just step back and reflect and think, how can I, um, again, how can I really view and treat my patients as image bearers? Um, and so that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're after. Uh, give me another session. Ten? Six. Six, sorry. Oh, yeah, good one. Well, if I can get it to come up. When I am faced with a spiritual interruption, I have to ask myself a couple of questions. One, is this an interruption that needs to be taken care of now? Is this something that I should refer to somebody else? Who's more capable of this situation? How is this going to affect others? And finally, this is the best time. Hello, everyone. My name is Crystal Maddox, and I am a dentist in Richmond, Virginia. I want to take this time to talk to you about time. As medical providers, we are really concerned about time and getting our patients treated in a timely manner. And a lot of times, when we really care about their medical needs, we also have to 
of their mental needs as well as their spiritual needs. If you think about it, whenever we have a complicated case as providers, we refer them to somebody else who may have more expertise uh, in that discipline or may have more time to spend with the patient. So let's think about people that we can put on our team, whether that's lay individuals or church members, we can utilize the body of Christ that we may be able to take care of all of our people. So this next question, I feel like it's a little bit rhetorical, but let's talk about it. So Dr. Lynn and Dr. Maddox mentioned a spiritual referral team. Who might be your teammates in meeting your patient's spiritual needs? Um, so who is on your spiritual referral team? Who might be on your spiritual referral team? And chaplains can be important to know your chaplain too because that is not always necessarily the person we want to send a spiritual referral to. Right? I mean, without going into a whole lot of detail. Okay. Gotta be careful. But but they can be wonderful. And depends on the circumstances you're so, so certainly that would be one. Who else might be on your team? Sure, yeah, your spiritual mentor. Absolutely. Particularly if somebody is, as you've raised these questions and you find out maybe they're not involved in another church, maybe there's an opportunity. Again, you're reading the room and and going where the Spirit leads you. I'm curious, uh, how many of you have other Christian healthcare professionals that you deal with closely in, in your practice? Uh, you know, maybe another, another therapist, another doctor, nurse, whatever. Do you, have, do you have those close? So, I mean, take advantage of those. You know, your friends, your Christian friends there. I mean, let's pray together. Let's, you know, maybe an opportunity to share them into, the same, into, that, into that same situation. So. I think knowing your behavioral health network, referral network, is important mm-hmm. too. Um, I mean, in a lot of contexts, there are Christian options. Um, in, in obviously, depending on where you live, but having an idea of of who you're sending people to, if you send them for, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy or counseling or things along those lines, is that going to be something with a spiritual tone, or is it going to be purely a secular approach? So. Um, that behavioral health piece, I think, um, exploring that in your context and getting to know that, getting to know a few of the providers who you can refer to, um, is, is a helpful one as well. Sometimes, too, it's um, it might be, can, can you come back and can we book 30 minutes next week for this? Um, because like they said, right, it's... Um, there's when you, when you take that time, as we all know, you know, if you take that time with this patient, it affects everyone else on your schedule that day. And either you're going to be cutting them off and trying to 
get catch up on the next patient or everyone else is going to be late. And so you got to acknowledge that, right? That's reality in our time-sensitive culture. That's, that's something you got to think about. Um, so schedule's real. You can't, it's, it's, just because you're addressing spiritual matters, does that mean schedule's totally out the window? So yeah, important to think about and interesting to talk about. Yeah. Okay. How about another one? Eight. Okay. What's that? We did get four plus four. Yeah, we did, yeah. Maybe that prompts the Something that we can also remember yeah. is that, you know, this is not about saying the right words. Um, this is more about joining God and His work. It's about um, presenting the gospel in a manner that is open and honest and meets people at their time of need. It's really not about trying to figure out a formula that will work for everybody because I'll tell you there's not one. <laughs> and it's really about um, just having a conversation with people because there are no great words. So we really just need to get this straight in our minds that Jesus is really the one in charge and um, we're going to have conversations about the gospel with other people because he really loves people and he likes to talk to people a lot more than we do sometimes. And so having gospel conversations with people is really a natural um, progression of what we do and it should be a natural flow, an outflow of what we do from day to day. Thoughts on that? Many times as I hear Jesus is the one in charge, I'm like, I know that, but I need I keep reminding myself to step back and let him be in charge. So um, Griff refers to John chapter fifteen there to reference that. But I think we all we all know that's the case. We need to step back and let him be in charge. So, um, also takes a little of the pressure off to to realize, you know, and we have to remind ourselves of this too, the Holy Spirit's gonna save. It's not us, right? All we're called to do is raise him up, uh, and the Spirit's going to call him. And that takes the pressure off, right? Just got to always remind ourselves of that. You know? Yeah. You know, we get healthcare driven by the metrics and all of this stuff. Um, so I get stuck and sometimes just revert to the old line gaps. And, you know, I don't know. Here's what I know. Once other people are Yeah. Good. Thought. Yes, ma'am. Could I refer back to that very number four, that very first article you shared? Because mm-hmm. um, I heard Dr. Larimore here at this conference years ago, and he has a couple of really good limericks in that article. Okay. And he's also got some evidence-based decreased lengths of stay. We actually use that article in our nursing school. Oh, awesome. For a spiritual assessment, because the Joint Commission, we're in a secular hospital, it opens the door because yeah. it is a requirement. But one of them he has, it's from CMDA Sailing Solution. It's just God for their assessment tool. He says, um, he says, number one, G, God. I ask your faith background. Do you have a spiritual faith preference? Is God spiritually, spiritually religion or spiritual important to you now? That's his first question, some version of that. Okay. Then O for others. Do you meet with others in religious or spiritual community? Or do you have an act in the past? If so, how often? And does that help your overall health? 
and then number D, do, what can I do to assist in incorporating your spiritual religious faith into your medical care today? So, and that, that's the GOD one. He has another one that says Lord's Lap, which is a little bit more, but it's very appropriate. And you can just say it's the beginning of my spiritual assessment. There you go. Um, Great. And he, he has some good research to back that up. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. As you're going through that, too, I'm thinking back to Dr. Wang's comments about the, those are questions like Jesus asked. Those are the open-ended questions, you know, to thought-provoking. So, thank you. All right, thank you for that. Yeah. Anybody else? How about another one? Can you do two without you're trying to trip me up here, Skip. Do two. The Christian writer. Oh, which one? Seventeen. One sin. Oh, So his question here is, what might cause us, us who walk with Jesus, to look a bit odd to the world? Why would we look odd? Anybody? Thoughts? Resident room and or with 
amongst other students and the banter starts and people start talking about patients the way they talk about patients. Mm. You can sound a little odd if you don't join in with that, right? Or if even more than not joining in, you say, you know, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't act that way towards patients. That's not how I would want to be treated. And, and again, you want to do that in a winsome way and not be holier than thou, but I, I don't think... I, I think most of us have shared the experience that, you know, you go into healthcare with a lot of optimism and viewing healthcare providers, um, be they docs, dentists, or physicians, I'm sorry, physicians, dentists, um, advanced practice providers, nurses, therapists, whatever, and, and uh, I like to think that they're um, wonderful people and caring people, and then the shock of hearing some of the cutting and sarcastic statements that happen behind the scenes and not stand, not taking part in that and again seeing those patients as image bearers is mm-hmm. is practicing medicine Christian and it's part of part of good care and part of being a witness to our to our colleagues too. Yeah. You guys experience that? I think also about um, and what you participate in people see you. Such as? Um, well, for instance, um, we do a, aside from medicine and missions, we do a St. Jude benefit in our area. And people know, you know that we're involved in something else that's helping somebody else. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of community support for that. So the suggestion here is to remind us, 1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So, to your points that were made earlier. So. All right. I think we need to probably finish up. So let me... Let me get us down past that. There, there's opportunity to see the rest of them and then see them in their entirety. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is free for safety. It is. You are welcome to say that. So. All right, so... Um, I've actually got copies of this book called from the, A Second Opinion from the Great Physician. So if you want to come see me afterwards, I've got a few of these down here. And I've, we've got more of them back in the booth. So stop by and see, see Griff later on. Um, he should be walking in the door by the time we finish here. Um, I'll tell you this. If you, uh, if you walk by and you say, Griff, I've seen, I've seen you do this presentation two or three times before. And the one you did today was the best yet. Okay. <laughs> Then stop by and see me, and I'll get you a discount over at the bookstore. Okay. <laughs> um, access to faith prescriptions is through the, uh, through the CMDA Online Learning Center. Okay, um, you can get to it. You can get to it as shown here. Um, CMDA.org/learning. Okay, uh, if you're a member, it is um, included in your membership. 
student membership is uh, complimentary, um, free. We like to say it's underwritten by others. Okay, so if you're a student, you have access to this for free. Uh, if you're an attendee, uh, essentially to be able to do this in a group, you just need one of you to join, be quite honest. Okay, we want this to be shared. Okay, we do like to have people pay dues to help us with all of our other ministries. So we encourage dues payment and become a member. And uh, feel free to stop by the booth and talk to us about that. Uh, first steps, usually uh, we'll have a Zoom meeting uh, you know, periodically for potential group leaders just to kind of give you a little bit more information about it. There is a guide to kind of help spark the questions, okay, put those together for you uh, and help you. So you can email bill.griffin at cmda.org. If you want to be, uh, if you want to be invited to one of those Zoom meetings, okay? Uh, yeah, as we mentioned, there's a there's a sample draft email that can be shared with with uh, others. There is the episode list which you've seen here. There's an article from CMDA Today. It's our magazine that talks about it in fall 2021. You can have access to that on our website. You've seen the sample videos, and if you're looking for people in an area or in a specialty. Um, we've got quite a lengthy uh, list of potential people to pull from. So if you're a member, one of the things we can do for you is say, hey, I'm, I'm a nurse practitioner in Atlanta. Do you have others that are similar to me? Um, and, uh, you know, sign a, a waiver on how you're going to use that information, okay, because we don't go and solicit people for just anything. But we can... Yeah, can't sell Tupperware. That's, I think that's implied. <laughs> implied, yeah. <laughs> but we can get you a list of potential people that you can share with. Uh, three points that we encourage is, uh, you know, create planned spiritual touch points. Uh, be sensitive to acute or unique opportunities. I had a friend of mine at CMDA said this to me the other day. He said, there, her prayer is always if... God, if you'll open the door, I'll open my mouth. Okay, and I like the way she said that because it's simple. I, 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 can, I can I can remember simple. So, and then uh, meet regularly with others of like mind. Okay, um, iron sharpens iron, as Proverbs says. So, whether it's in your um, local church, whether it's in another community such as CMDA, which is healthcare professionals that are Christians, we encourage you to to meet regularly with others. And um, Griff likes to ski. He and his wife like to ski. So if anybody wants to look ahead to the dates at the end of February and early March, there's a leadership, practice leadership conference where they'll be talking more about faith prescriptions and other things. So stop by the booth and uh, talk to them and uh, see about maybe joining them in Beaver Creek, Colorado in uh, late February. So That's not free for students. That is not free for students, yeah. So... All right. Questions, I, comments? I, I have a couple, couple other yeah, questions. Yeah, go ahead. One is um, these, these are great for CMDA chapter meetings, like for your student chapters. And, and each one can be standalone. Like you don't have to have gone through all 19 of them to get to use the 20th. So, I mean, yeah, you could make it what you do for a semester on your, for your weekly meetings, but you could just pick a few to, 
to go through or even on a trial basis to see to see how they work and it's it's nice how it's set up with with the video set up and then that leads into questions so for for busy folks there's not a lot of you know, there's not pre pre-reading your homework to do um, so so that works out well um, and um, so yeah I would I would just encourage you to avail yourself of that and um, and, and also for for groups of church it can, it can be a way for you to bring the healthcare professionals at your church together and create a um, multidisciplinary Christian group that meets together because sometimes we can um, get kind of siloed with our own peeps who are DDSs or MDs or you know NPs or whatever. But this this does create an opportunity to um, again have kind of a multidisciplinary faith group at your church that can lead to some interesting dialogues and connections too. You talk about things that you can, ways that you can build referral networks and know who your colleagues are in your community and in your church who are other believers and go deep with them a little bit and that can help you um, just in terms of the, the care you provide and, and the sort of care provider you are. Uh, how long are the sessions? Uh, 15, 16 minutes each. They're pretty consistent. Yeah, 15 to 16 minutes each. So and it itself well to like an hour long yeah, yeah, they're really set up to be discussion, which I think that's the method most of us prefer to learn in, as opposed to somebody up front, you know, watching a video. So, it, and it does have discussion questions. So, um, and the introduction version, I mean, even if, if you're not a member, uh, that one you can get complimentary. You can just go to cmda.org slash learning, and you can do the first one, um, and that gives you kind of a full-length idea of what the whole series is all about. So that's available. Did you mention missionary memberships? No, please do. So there is the opportunity for underwritten memberships for missionaries as well, for active healthcare missionaries. Yeah. So um, we haven't really strictly defined that criteria, although I'm kind of pushing for it. But um, so, you know, if you are engaged, you know, full-time in what you call Christian ministry, um, missionary, then you can get an underwritten membership as well. So really, we would love if, um, and again, this is not because we want to bolster our ranks. It's because it helps us to serve you guys better, have the CMDA as your CMDA, to, to have a lot of folks walk out of this this place as members, even if they haven't swiped a credit card. That's fine. If they do, that's fine. And I'll mention one other thing, to, uh, for particularly for students. We're having a... Um, open house ice cream fellowship tomorrow night from uh, we do this every year from 5 to 7 and it's uh, in room 207 209 so just grab one of these from me I've got plenty of these little cards or stop by booth and get them they're usually in all of our booths have them as well so what we encourage you to do is grab your grab your dinner tomorrow night and then come have dessert on us and uh, fellowship with some of your fellow students okay I'm sure DMHC wants us to make sure we do the evaluation form. So if you get a chance, please do that. And uh, Dr. Bill Griffin is your speaker. Thank you all.